12.27. We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello, and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, and I'm proud to announce that this edition has been chosen as the first program to be broadcast in 3D. You should find a, a set of 3D headphones in this week's copy of the Radio Times, and if you place them over your ears, you'll experience the full effect of having our two teams in your living room. So make sure you're well insured before you welcome Tim Brooke-Taylor and Willie Rushton. And Graham Garden and Barry Cryer. And we go like greyhounds unleashed into the first round, the game called Word for Word. In this round, one of the members of a team says a word, and his partner must say another word totally unconnected with the first and so on. The other team may challenge and try and prove a connection. You all know this game. Score will be one mark per word until a correct challenge when the challenging side takes over. Two rounds each side so that each player has started a round. Jolly good. Right. We'll start with you, Barry Cryer. Flange. Louse. Challenge from Willie Rushton. I know very little about botany, but I did study the flange louse as a child. <laughs> um, we dissected one once, and I was sick and gave it up for life. But that's it, flange louse, well known. You do know very little about botany. Botany is about... I know a lot about flange louse. Right, order, please. <laughs> <laughs> He's been inside with David Bellamy. He's not feeling himself. <laughs> I'm not going to allow that one, Willie. Right. I don't really know why, but I'm not going to allow it. So, Graham, will you continue? Um, log. Challenge there from Tim. It rhymes with fog. <laughs> yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Okay, Tim, good challenge. <laughs> will you take up... Will you start with a word of your own? Certainly. Porcupine. Challenge there from Graham Garden. It doesn't rhyme with bog. <laughs> that, you can't do that when they're two different teams. True. So we'll continue with you, Willie Rushton. Feather. Dollop. Trouser. Celibate. Quill. Challenge from Barry Clark. Connection between celibacy and trousers. Need I elaborate? <laughs> A stitch in time says nine. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you challenged too late. He got on to quill. Well, Carry on, Tim. So. Lard. Sailor. <laughs> Challenge from Barry. I lived in Portsmouth for several months. And it shows. <laughs> and I, I won't pursue this any further, but I think the audience know what I'm talking about. And I think they do too. Well, will you continue then, Barry? Posset. Canopy. Oh, sorry. sorry. Challenge, um, from, <laughs> Challenge from his partner, Barry. Sandwich. Oh. The Earl of Sandwich smoked cannabis. <laughs> Vicious gossip. Oh, I. Sandwiches can be canapes, can't they? Yes. Rubbish that you eat at cocktail parties. That's right. right. Well, that, yes. Mm -hmm. Unsatisfying. It's the sort of thing when yes. they say they'll feed you and they don't. That's right. That's yes. right. Oh, right. Willie's quite right. I know huh? it well. They say they're going to feed the band and they give us they give us canapes and sandwiches. Yes. Oh. So the other sandwich did after a joint sausage. between two slices of bread. I've just remembered. Sausage, <laughs> sausage rolls and all those. Things. So it stays with us. Stays with us. No, it goes over to. Uh, <laughs> 
goes over to Willie Rushton. A lot of sympathy for your band, too. Thank yes. you very much, Tim. Will you continue? I think Huffy's really got something off his chest. I've never seen him angry before, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> Canopy's brought that out in you. Here I am. Uh, bassoon. Goat herd. Bang. The connection between goat herd and bang is self-evident to anybody who's seen the sound of music. I agree with you, and I think we ought to finish there, as Barry and Graham are so far behind that it's really hardly worth them continuing with the... And we hurry along to the point where I uh, flick through the yellow pages and choose the profession for which our teams will provide appropriate entries at the end of the programme. Now, if you'll stop me as I flick through the yellow pages... Uh, Tim, you'd better stop me on this one. Stop. And we're at letter F, which means you can have... <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Which means you can have farriers, or you can have farm management, or you can have fan and blower manufacturers, <laughs> or you can have family planning clinics. Which one do you want? Fan and blower were a great act, I remember. Um, yeah. Family planning? Family planning. If Tim says so, that's fine. Yes, fine. Right, well, you have to manufacture entries for the family planning clinics at the end of the programme. Meanwhile, while you're thinking about that, the rest of us will go on with it. (laughs) (laughs) This is not recommended. (laughs) Bedtime story. For this round, I shall want each team to tell us a bedtime story, and the winners will be the first team to send the audience to sleep. One team member will start the story and he'll then signal our studio manager for a sound effect to enhance the drama. Unfortunately, our technician is wearing headphones, so the sound effect may not be suitable. His partner, however, says here, must then continue the story, working the sound effect into the narrative. I hope you all understand that, because I don't. Graham and Barry, will you tell us the bedtime story of Goldilocks? Once upon a time. There was a little girl. What was the name of the story? (laughs) Goldilocks. She was called Goldilocks. And she went for a tramp in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Was family planning clinic. (laughs) Later the same day, she was walking home through those very woods when she saw a little, a little house. So she crept up to the house and she opened the door. This door's damp, she said. (laughs) Nevertheless, she entered. She thought, I don't half fancy some porridge. (laughs) So she lit the stove. (laughs) Uncanny. She whistled in amazement. (laughs) (laughs) For there was no need to light the stove because the bowls on the tables were already filled with porridge. Otherwise, the story wouldn't work. True, true. So she tried the first bowl of porridge. No, she said, this porridge is too hard. Then she tried the next bowl of porridge. No, she said, this porridge is too soft. Then she tried the third bowl of porridge and... What is this hoof doing in my porridge, she said. (laughs) Fancy sitting down on one of those chairs. So she sat on the small one, and good gracious, (laughs) she broke it. (laughs) 
feeling rather tired, she went upstairs to where she'd seen the bed. She lay in the first bed and thought, no, this bed's too hot. So she lay in the second bed. <laughs> and she said, no, this bed's too cold. And then she got into the last bed and... She thought, I won't go to sleep just yet. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I think we'll award... Uh, what do you think, audience? Should we give them ten marks? Yay! Right, four marks. Four marks for Graham and Barry. And we've gone now to Tim and Willie. Tim and Willie, if you could uh, kind of condense yours so that we get it in today. <laughs> The bedtime story of Dick Whittington. Once upon a time, there was a youth who came down from Gloucestershire and he came to London seeking for his fortune. And he arrived to find the uh, city dwellers all gathered round the village square and they all went. Nobody much cared for the village square. He kept making <laughs> extraordinary noises. He determined to make it big in the city. <laughs> <laughs> He just thought, I'll get into a multi-conglomerate in tights. <laughs> so he went round to the home of Alderman Fitzwarren and knocked on the door. Which was the normal drill at that time of <laughs> the Middle Ages. There before him, as the door opened, was the beautiful Alice Fitzwarren. Oh, Dick, she said. <laughs> well, she would, wouldn't she? I mean... Oh, do come in and meet uh, my father, Alderman Fitzwarren. He may be able to offer you a job. And sure enough, he was offered a job in the kitchen with Sarah the cook. Now, Sarah was making her pastry, and it sounded like... Anyway, she got the flip gun out and shot that one down. <laughs> <laughs> it's fly pie tonight, she said, Alderman. <laughs> Yes, pussy. Not doctored yet. <laughs> what a load of bells, said Alderman Fitzwarren. Pussy, you may go on my ship that is going to Morocco. And it goes with her and goes to the shores of Morocco, where on them shores they meet... Yes, it was Sheikh Yamani's Ferrari. <laughs> Go on, Sheikh Yamani. So Yamani's much for OPEC. Back they came to London, halfway up Highgate Hill, when suddenly in the distance he hears. It's Highgate Hill, not Arrow on the Hill. <laughs> Dick Whittington became Lord Mayor of London and he was extremely successful and it was wonderful. We win. Pull down the song. Minus ten marks to Tim and Willie, yeah. and we go on to one song to the tune of another. It's self-explanatory. The, tune, the, the, the tunes had to sing one team to the song. <laughs> the teams had to sing one song to the tune of another. I'm going to start now with Barry Cryer, as he distinguished himself in the last round. Extinguished. Will you sing, Barry, the lyrics of Henry VIII to the tune of Hernando's Hideaway? Colin Sell will provide you with a suitable accompaniment. I am, Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. 
married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before. Everyone was an enemy. She wouldn't tap a windy job for Sam. I'm a great old man named Henry. I'm Henry VIII. I am. I am. Well, Barry, having had an unsolicited ovulation from the crowd... <laughs> <laughs> ..gets ten points. And we go over to Willie now. Willie, I'm going to ask you to sing the lyrics of Steam Heat to the tune of We'll Gather Lilacs. I don't know either. Steam Heat, the lyrics. I got... that was coming out I brought a raincoat thank you Willie I'll give you eight marks for that Graham the lyrics please of Nobody Loves a Fairy When She's 40 to the tune of By the Sleepy Lagoon as you know that's the Desert Island Disc uh, theme tune great <clears throat> nobody loves a fairy when she is 40 nobody loves a fairy when she's old. She may still have a magic power, but that is not enough. They like their bit of magic from a younger bit of stuff. When once you're still, the star has lost its glitter. And your skin still looks like rust instead of gold. Shakespeare. Your fairy days are ending when your wonder started bending. No one loves a fairy when a Jesus. Positively moving, like so little figs. Tim, it's your turn. I'm afraid it will you sing? Will you sing the lyrics of Knees Up Mother Brown to the tune of Some Enchanted Eve? Knees Up Mother Brown Knees Up Mother Brown Come along a dearie Let it E-I-E-I-O 
You bending will saw your legs right off and all that. It's not in the lyrics I was given. Ah, well, that, I was going to give you uh, 15 marks, but I'm sorry. You can't finish it. <laughs> you can't finish it. Um, could, I have, uh, could I have as a compromise 30 marks? Yes. <laughs> Strange bedfellows, this yes. round's called. In this round, I shall be asking our teams for some odd married couples, and I shall award marks for wit and tastelessness in reverse order. <laughs> and I think... Judging from the expression on Tim's face, that we better start with Graham Garden. Yes, an interesting married couple. Uh, to give you an example, Selina and Terry Scott, and their son Bruff. Yes. Now the audience have got the idea. Perhaps we can go on to the next <laughs> round. <laughs> Gladys and Henry Cooper. <laughs> I give it three weeks. <laughs> Barbara and Charles Windsor. <laughs> Tennessee Ernie and Anna Ford <laughs> PG and Barbara Woodhouse Marks and Diana Spencer <laughs> ah. Coo and Graham Stock <laughs> James Hadley and Lorraine Chase <laughs> I don't know if this is allowed. Mad Mike Hall <laughs> and Rita French Lessons. Oh. <laughs> Actually, one the other day, somebody came up and said, Now you're Tim Rice Davis, aren't you? <laughs> Strange mismarriage. I was just thinking if Julia Foster married Wayne Sleep, the name would be Foster Sleep, wouldn't it? <laughs> Adolf and Emil Littler. <laughs> Frankie and Lady Jane Howard. <laughs> Eamon and Julie Andrews. Sylvia Crystal and Alan Ball. <laughs> William Billy Whitelaw. <laughs> hello, Willie. Hello, Billy. The law is Pamela and Robert Louis Stevenson. There's been a lot of talk about Cardinal and Paul Newman. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, you look as though you're burgeoning. I've got Jailhouse and Patricia Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well done, team. We go on to a round called No Hands. There's one, one more. One more for Tim Brooke-Taylor, which will put him in the lead. Cannon and Joan Collins. <laughs> I haven't actually put him in the lead. <laughs> Anthony Trollope and Joan Collins. We <laughs> It from me, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> we'll carry on swiftly now to a round. This is a new round. This is going to be an interesting one. It's Ooh. called No Hands. For this round, each team member must queue up like Oliver Twist at my desk here and must receive a bowl of cereal, which they then got to eat without the use of their hands. <laughs> and the winner will be the first to have his hands sewn back on again. They are. They're each being given now a bowl of cereal. Eighteen. <laughs> uh, Bye, <laughs> 
Okay, when I give you the signal, will you please eat that bowl of cereal without using your hands? I'd like to point out, I can't even eat the first shredded wheat. Well, put, you're using your hands now, will you? Have we started this game? Have we no, we started? haven't. Of course what, we haven't. What are these things? Don't ask me, I'm just a chairman. I'll just try one. <laughs> they are, they are, well, you can tell me afterwards what they are, but let's play the game. I keep rabbits. <laughs> okay, are you ready, teams? Get set. Curried potato hoops. Go. Go. Ah. Well, we have an outright winner there, which is Willie Rushton, and for his particular prize, he's going to have to clean up all those uh, <laughs> cereal off the studio carpet. Here's a round called Desk Expander. The aim is to improve on the title. <laughs> now, in fact, it's a variation of that old favourite tag wrestling. This time, somebody has to start telling a joke and can then be interrupted by somebody on the other side if they're approaching a punchline. The interrupter then takes over and has to head towards a joke of his own, and the winner is the first, first, uh, first person, the first person, to complete a joke. So oh, we might be, we probably be here all week. <laughs> right. We're going to start with you, Graham Garden. If you launch into your joke. Yes. A man went into a chemist shop, and he went up to the. Uh... <laughs> The girl behind the Wait a minute. Camera. That's a very right. Timber yes. interruption from what? Timber Taylor. <laughs> he said to the chemist, I have this uh, particularly bad cough. Uh, Graham. And even worse than that, I need some talcum powder. Uh, and the chemist. Barry. The chemist said, Has anybody ever told you you look like King Harold? And the man said, That's, a, that's no King Harold, that's my wife. <laughs> so I, let's have a drink said the deaf man at the other end of the chemist shop. <laughs> it was not previously... It was nearly a joke. joke. I know, I remember It was nearly a joke, but not quite. No, no. So, will you continue, Willie? <laughs> the deaf man then went to a public house. And was standing there, a gorilla came up, stood beside him, and a large cranberry. Uh, Graham. The gorilla said, funny thing, I've just been to the chemist's so after some time. <laughs> and the assistant... Barry. And the gorilla said, of course not. I'd rather tell you this story about the witch doctor. <laughs> All the pub was agog to hear this story about the witch doctor, which I've just realised I forgot the end of. That's <laughs> it. I've just interrupted myself. Graham. But not to worry, because the gorilla was in the middle of a joke anyway, because he'd, he'd just been to the chemist shop and asked for some talcum powder. The assistant said, certainly, sir, walk this way. And the gorilla said, Tim, <laughs> walk this way and look me straight in the eye, because you're an eye-level gorilla. Brilliant interception there from Tim Brooke Taylor. Well, what a relief. <laughs> and we come now to the point where I ask the teams for their appropriate entries in the yellow pages. If you were with us at the beginning of the programme, bad luck. But anyway, you know that, <laughs> you know that the team's trade that they've chosen is the Family Planning Clinic. Your entries, please, for Family Planning Clinic. There, there, there's a huge person here who works in one called Vast Hector Me. <laughs> <laughs> He's not unknown to Michael Parkinson. He seems cut out for the job. <laughs> <laughs> that well-known family planner, I've a headache. <laughs> Darling? <coughs> no, 
And will you welcome the aristocracy, that lord and lady reception and their son, Count Reception. <laughs> and there are his Welsh friends, Diaphragm. <laughs> All the way from India, will you welcome Indra Family Way. <laughs> and a form of protection is that she eschews traditional Indian garb and goes around wearing a five-ton safe. Well, better safe than sari. <laughs> Let's hope she doesn't meet a doughty old man. Oh. <laughs> Two minor thieves, known as the Pilfer Men. Being a little hungover, they must be the morning after Pilfer Men. <laughs> At this point, you, you, you did say farriers as well. Farrier Fawcett Majors. Oh, that's Profi Lactic. And Ferriero joined his fellow, but anyway. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Test, and their, their stuck-up daughter, the prig Nancy Test. I know it threw me a bit, too. <laughs> at this point, ladies and gentlemen... There's a coach with some ladies in it just arrived up at this ball, which doesn't exist. There's... There's a blunderbuss, we all cry. No, no, perhaps we don't, really. <laughs> We're too polite for that. The audience the, the, the result of a sharabang. <laughs> <laughs> On the principle of always leave them wanting less, we're going to finish the programme now. On behalf of all of us, join us next week. Until then, goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The program was produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. And if you're a real glutton for punishment, there's a second chance to hear that program on Monday at 6.30pm. You have been warned. Now, it's five to one, and here with a detailed weather forecast is Mike Morrish. Good afternoon. Well, still cold northwesterly winds over much of Britain.